Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. Go ahead and settle in, because we're going to I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm not sure how far we're going to go on this, but uh, actually, I just want to talk with you, uh, just share some things about uh, this message series called Separated. Um, There is a doctrine known as the doctrine of separation. One of the things that God has really uh, impressed me to do more in 2018 uh, is to preach on doctrine so that the church will understand uh, why doctrine is important and what doctrines are. Uh, It's almost like you're going through a biblical studies class uh, in this house. Matter of fact, I'm working on uh, the six fundamental elementary doctrines that you can find in Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to be doing that uh, in Bible class on Wednesday nights. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be preaching that on Sunday morning. So Bible class is critical that you come so that you can ask your questions and and you can chime in on things and some things that uh, maybe you just didn't quite understand that we can really go in into a little bit deeper. So that's important. So we're going to get into doctrine. So there is a doctrine called the doctrine of separation. So if you would, go ahead and open your Bibles. Turn left to the book of Colossians chapter 1. I want to read this to you before I get into the cruts uh, of the message because this is vitally important about you as a Christian uh, understanding uh, this word separation or being separated. So it's Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. When you get there, say, I have it. For the Bible says, he, God, has delivered us from, somebody say from, from the powers of darkness and translated us to, somebody say to, he, he, he brought us from something to take us to somewhere. So God just didn't separate us from something. He also has something for us to do. This is important because a lot of people will get saved. He brought them out of darkness, but that's where they stay. They don't serve. They don't allow God to really move upon their lives. They don't grow in the word. They don't grow in worship or prayer. They become just a bona fide pew holder downer. (laughs) That's my word. Don't y'all take it. You just want to come to church and sit. Well, yeah, he delivered you from darkness, but he also put something in place so that he can take you too. You're not going to go into the two part just by wishing. And hoping God is going to do something. He's already done it. He's waiting on you in obedience to do what he has called you to do. Is this making sense at all? So it's called the doctrine of separation because he separated you from darkness so that you can walk in the light. Right? Light exposes darkness. We're not supposed to go into dark areas and allow the darkness to overcome us. We're supposed to expose the darkness. We are not supposed to be going into the world and we become complicit to what the world is doing. We're supposed to expose sin. So when different people go in different areas and they say, well, uh, you know, I'm just I want to connect with these people because I feel like it's good for us to connect and they need to connect with Christians. No, it ain't good to connect unless you get them to Jesus. Yeah, you might connect because you can sell more records. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. But unless you are exposing the sin, then you're really not operating as a Christian. And you allow them to influence you rather than you influencing them. He said we are to be lights. Amen. And we're to be salt. We're supposed to influence the world. Hello, somebody. 
we're not to comply with what culture wants. The gospel message that I preach is counterculture. The gospel message that Jesus preached is counterculture. The gospel message that Paul preached is counterculture. Timothy, Polycorp, John, name them all, James, is counterculture. Why? Because the culture is what's got us in this mess we're in. And there's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. Amen? So when we look at some of these things, when we focus on Christ and we do exactly what he wants us to do, sin actually loses its power. See, the only power that the devil has is the power that Christians give him. Notice, notice he's known as a serpent in Genesis, but he's a dragon in Revelation. Somebody's feeding that rascal. Is it you? Y'all feeding him? Y'all better stop feeding that joke. Right? How do we feed him? Unbelief. Always negative, lying, hypocritical, fear, being judgmental, not loving people, not even praying for the church. You're selfish. Come on, all of that stuff. Prideful, arrogant. Listen, I'm in all of those because I was born in sin. You're in all of them too, so don't even look like that. So since we all in there, come on, we all in there together. Come on, we're, in, we're all in there together. I said, come on, we're all in there together. See, y'all don't even want to say it. You see that? You see? You see? Even on live Facebook, y'all don't want to say it either. So you say, we're all in there together. Come on. Yeah, I'm glad I got some company now, praise the Lord. We all in there together because all of us, man, we're born in sin. We, we struggle with these things, right? We, 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 we don't want to do it, but we do it because of this flesh nature. Listen, when my nature began to change, and I, can, I sense when it, was able, when it was changing too, because you know when your nature is changing because you go to places you used to go to and you don't feel comfortable anymore. Y'all, somebody said, I got two or three witnesses in here right now. So, so you, you went because you felt pressured to go, first of all, because you didn't want them to talk bad about you, right? So you went. I remember I, I would go, and I'm like, and I'm there, and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't even want to be here. Usually, I'm like on the dance floor. I'm talking about the club. So since y'all just tripping, I'm talking about the club. And so, so y'all looking at me like, I wonder what he's talking about. I'm talking about the club. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all. Some of y'all was in the club last night. So what you're talking about? No, no, not this church. So, so, so listen, listen. So I'm talking about the club. So when I was there, I liked to dance. Come on, you don't go to the club unless you like to dance, right? You dance and you do another thing. What you do? You drink. You dance and you drink. You drink and you dance. You dance drinking and you drink and dancing. Because that's what you do, right? And so, so I was in this place, and I was like, man, what is wrong with these people? I don't even want to be here. I didn't realize that my nature was changing. Now, I had not gotten saved yet, but something was changing inside of me because the environment I was around didn't feel comfortable anymore, right? See, there's a difference between, I don't even know if I'm going to preach what I wrote, so let me just talk to you. There, <laughs> There is a difference between having a pig mentality and a sheep's mentality. See, if you put a pig in slop and mud, he just wallows, man. He just gets all down in it. He loves it. That's just his comfort spot because he likes mess. Right? But if you take a sheep or a lamb and you put them in mud, they cry out. Why? See, they're in it, but they don't want to be. See, when your nature is changing, that's what's happening. He's changing you from having a pig mentality to becoming a lamb. 
And so you're in it, but you're crying out because you don't want to be there. Something just don't feel comfortable anymore. This drink just don't taste the way it used to. I'm smoking this weed, but something's wrong. I might be snorting this crack, but something, something ain't working for me right now. I might be getting ready to lay down with this person, but something just don't feel right. I got to get up out of here. Oh, am I talking to the right church right now? Y'all better say amen up in here. You might be in it, but you don't want to be because your nature is changing. That's why he took you from something to take you to something. Separation. Somebody say separation. And that's what God is calling us to do, to separate. He's separating us from some things we used to do, things we used to say, how we used to talk. Listen to this right here. Just write this down. A life separated under God should incriminate your sinful activities. You, you, you should sense that if you're doing something wrong, there should be a violation against your spirit. That when you do it, you go, oh, man, I didn't mean to do that. Come on. Come on, somebody. Right? As Christians, this is us. Yeah, yeah, we do make mistakes, but we should feel bad about the mistakes we make. Right? And listen, and God has given us a wonderful tool called forgiveness. Mm, I did that. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I am so sorry. I didn't. I did it, but I didn't want to do it. I'm sorry. Those are the tools that God gives us. But let me tell you something. One of the hardest things to say is I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Why is that so hard? And especially when you marry. Okay, since y'all didn't give me a good amen, let me talk about the married folk for a second. So y'all going to learn? Y'all going to learn. If I had had a real good amen, I would have went on by the But when you don't amen good, that means I got to dig a little bit. So let me dig. So, so since my wife is not here, I can talk. So I know you're watching. So listen, why is that so hard when you're a married couple? Because you already know before you say it, you know the reaction you're going to get. That's why you're saying it. Right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. So, 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 okay. So we know that before we even give it all, get it off of our tongues good, you know what it's going to do. That's why you're going to say it. Because we know each other's buttons to push. We know everything about each other. And so we know exactly where to go, right? Now, now at some point, we have to step back and go, boy, if I say this, man, that's going to take us to a whole, it's going to escalate. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about here? Can the married folks say amen? Yeah. Boy, y'all gave me a good one then. Amen. <laughs> amen. And so you know, all of us know, every one of us know, if you're married, you know, if you say something, you know before you get off your tongue, you're like, man, this, this thing right here, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get him. I know this right. This, I'm going to jab him because I'm tired of him saying this, and I'm tired of, man, I'm going to do this. And then you do it, and then as soon as you do it, you go, man, why did I do that? Right? Am I by myself here? So, 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 so John Lofton, now I'm... I got a fight going on on the inside because I just got incriminated. Not by her, but by him. Right? So now he's saying, why did you even say that? Now, now listen now. Here here we go. Can I be honest with you? Here we go. Well, Lord, you know I needed to say that. (laughs) I mean, I can't even believe you're asking me that, God. What do you mean? Come on now. 
Somebody say, come on now. See, come on. And so, 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 so arrogant. God, come on now, Lord. You saw what she just said to me. We've been at this thing for three days now. And I've been praying. You know you ain't been praying. And so God says, no, you need to go in and, and apologize. Really? So here we go, here we go. But Lord, she started it. <laughs> it's that woman that thou gavest me to be with. <laughs> Hallelujah, right? I think I got out now, right? And God is saying, check this out. This is how God, I'm, boy, I'm letting y'all into my life. I already know why I'm telling y'all this. So this is what God did to me. He said, he said this to me because he knows my arrogance. He said, so you want to be the man? I said, man, that ain't even fair. But God doesn't fight fair. He doesn't fight fair at all. See, God is truth. He's not fair. Right? And so he was revealing truth to me. And I said, yeah, I want to be the man. He said, well, you need to be the first to apologize. I said, dang it. Can a Christian say dang it? Well, I said it anyway. And so now you got to wait for the right time, right? Because you still just don't go do it. You just don't go in and say, baby, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy, baby. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, baby, you know how I am. I've been crazy. I was crazy when you married me. You know how I am. I, I, I'm obtuse. You know, I'm just, you know, it just, can you forgive me? It don't happen that way. It's like, uh, baby, uh, you know, when we was talking the other day, uh, you know, I said some stuff, you know, I was, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and see, with, with my wife, my wife is like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I'm sure my wife is like, your wives, no, I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? Well, babe, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. You know, so can you, can you forgive me? Why is that so hard? Seems like something, that's the hardest thing to do. But listen, here, here is the dichotomy, right? Listen to me. Why is it that we can forgive other people easily, but the people who are closest to us, we don't even want to give them forgiveness? Something is wrong with us. I must be hitting something right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jason, you told me to keep on going. See, and that's, see, we are talking about having new wine skin, right? So if we're going to talk about having new wine skin, then we need to talk about how to operate in true forgiveness. You know, the Bible teaches that if you don't forgive people, you might as well not even give an offering. You know that's in the Bible? The Bible says if you have an ought with your brother, and you at the altar, and, you, and you, he said, no, you go make it right before you give it. Amen? Listen, there's another prayer that's in there that says, you can speak to a mountain and tell it to be removed, and it shall be removed. But a lot of people stop right there. But he's still preaching. And then he says, 
if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. So you are not going to move mountains if you harbor unforgiveness. You can just stop trying to, Lord, the Bible says I can move. You ain't moving nothing because you got bitterness in your heart. See, bitterness is a root. It's, man, I'm telling you, when you got a root of bitterness, it'll spring up and trouble you because you can't really be free when you're tied down to unforgiveness. I, I taught this to you before. Let me just share this again. Unforgiveness is like you drinking the poison, but you're expecting the other person to die. That's unforgiveness. And so God is transforming us to be the people he has called us to be. When you are truly separated under God, your nature changes, and you know it because the things you do in the world are no longer enticing. In the book of James, the Bible says that every man and woman is drawn away by the devil. No, 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 no. Every man is drawn away by God. Uh, 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 uh. It says every man is drawn away by his own lust. We didn't talk about lust in church anymore, but we're going to talk about it today. You're not, the devil is not making you do anything. Stop blaming the devil. They're talking about, I don't know why the devil ain't making you do it. You're doing it because you want to do it. You're doing it because your nature wants to do it. The Bible says every man is drawn away by their own lust. Now listen, listen, and enticed. To be enticed, you need to have some bait. I don't even know where we're going. But if y'all want to go, we're going to go on over there. I don't even know where I'm going right now, but let's go on over in there. Okay, so, so, so now Randy, Randy, back there, Randy loves to fish, right? And so Randy will tell you if the fish aren't hungry, I don't care how much that bait wiggles. I don't care how shiny it is. I don't care all the little doodads that it does and Randy can make it jump up and down in the water. If that fish is not hungry, that fish is not going to bite. What the devil does, he knows what your bait is. And he's always going to dangle that bait. Whatever your weakest point is, he's trying to find your Achilles heel. He's to read my book. I talk about that a lot. So he's trying to find that weakest point in your life, and he's going to dangle the bait. Listen, if you're not hungry, you're not going to eat. But if you're hungry for it, that's when you have to fight not to go towards that bait because it is enticing. And you got to understand that there is a trap that the bait is in. And that's what happens because once you get to the bait, there's a, you're ensnared. Because now you just committed a sin and you go, why did I do that again? Why did I allow that to happen? And now here comes the devil. Condemnation. Boom. Guilt. Boom. See, you're not even, you ain't even a Christian. Right? But the Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And so, so God doesn't bring condemnation. He brings conviction. And even in that moment, you got to incriminate the activity and say, you know what? I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm going to make a decision to get out of this, and I'm going to eat what God has given me so that when he dangles the bait, I won't be hungry. Mm -hmm. 
Amen? That's what John Lofton had to do. Because every time I can, I can, I can smell liquor. I can, my, my, my weakness was alcohol. And I can, I can, I swear to you guys, I was in my car at a red light. And I can smell a Heineken in the other car. <laughs> I don't know. I told my wife, I said, they drinking Heinekens. She said, what, what boy? <laughs> I said, yeah, they drinking Heineken. I can smell it. I can smell it. See, and that, that's the enemy. The enemy says, because you want one. And I said, no, I don't. Do I? <laughs> 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 I got a deal in truth. I don't want one. Do I, do I want one? No, I don't want one. <laughs> I'm just too real with y'all, man. I'm supposed to be that kind of pastor. I have never gone back and sinned a day in my life. Because uh, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. That is not my testimony. I have messed up stuff so bad, saints of God, I'm still messing up stuff. I mean, I know that's the politically correct. Let me just get ghetto. I have jacked so much stuff up. Man, I'm sitting here like, man, and I look at it, I go, man, boy, you really messed that up. Right? We all mess up, saints of God. It's part of being in this flesh nature, man. You know, listen, I know we want to do things right. We have a desire to do things right. But don't you know you can have a, do, a desire to do things right and things can turn out so wrong. Amen. That's right. Moses had a desire for his people. He had a desire to deliver his people. But in one moment of making a split decision, the Bible said Moses looked this way and that way and he killed a man. But Moses never looked up. See, saints of God, well, you might be in a predicament and you want to do something, but make sure you look up to God to see if this is what you need to be doing. Amen. That one incident threw his ministry back 40 years. 40 years. He spent 40 years in the desert because of that one mistake. Saints, don't throw your ministry back. God has a ministry for every one of you that are in this room right now. Every one of you have a gift. Every one of you have a splendid destiny that God has for you. Don't let nobody tell you that you can't do great things for God. Because that's not what my Bible tells me. Matter of fact, Jesus said, the works that you see me do, you shall do also. But then he takes it up a notch. Somebody said, take it up a notch. Then he took it up a notch and said, and greater work shall you do because I go to be with my father. So in other words, saints of God, you can lay hands on the sick. Yes, you, 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 you. Well, I don't have pastor in front of my name. You don't need a title. You don't need a pulpit. You don't even need a church. You know what you need? The Holy Ghost. That's it. You need the Holy Ghost. And it's the Holy Ghost is the one that's doing all the work. You just need to be an instrument. And the pure, the instrument the more power you get to operate in. That's why we got to be secretly holy and privately devout. Because if you're not, if you, if, you, if you cannot be powerful publicly unless you're grounded in privately. Am I talking to the right people here? I'm talking about just church. I'm talking about a corporate America. I work in corporate America. 
And so I have to be grounded in privately so that I can be powerful publicly. It's the king I represent. Amen? And so listen, listen, listen. We'll get back on the message in a minute. You guys remember, remember when Jesus, he, there was a point where he came into Jerusalem. All of his disciples said, don't go into Jerusalem because they're going to kill you. But before Jesus went into Jerusalem, he stopped in the middle of the road and he said, I got something on my mind. They said, what you got on your mind, Jesus? He said, there's a, a donkey down the road. He said, this is where you're going to find him. He's going to be all tied up where two ways meet. He said, go and release him and bring him to me. Check out the words. And then he says, if anybody asks you why you loosened the coat, you tell him that the Lord has need of him. Good gracious of life. See, where they found the coat tied was at where two ways meet. When we found Jesus, we were tied up at a crossroads. And Jesus sent his disciples to this donkey that was all tied. See, somebody came to you when you were all tied up. You was tied up in mess and tied up in fear and tied up in confusion and lust. You was tied up in sexual addictions and all types of addictions and drugs, tied up in so much stuff. But somebody got to you that said, you know what? The Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of you. I came, so I, if you don't leave with anything else in your heart this morning, leave with this statement. The Lord has need of you. Jesus could have called for a chariot. He's Jesus. He's the God of glory. He's the ruler of the universe. He's the king of glory. He could have called for a chariot to go in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, he's Jesus. He could have flew into Jerusalem because he's God. But instead, he said, I want to go in on a donkey, the most base and vile beast he could have ever ridden on was a donkey. So Jesus got on the donkey and he started riding into Jerusalem. And people started doing a strange thing. They took palm branches and their coats and they strewed all in the road so that the donkey could walk on the coats and the palm branches. And they said, oh, Hosanna. In the highest, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Now, 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 okay. Now you got to put your, yourself in the place of the donkey. Because that's where you are in this story. <laughs> Hello. So you was trying to wonder, you're the donkey. And, and, and King James says, the ass. And we all have been one of those. Mm -hmm. So now, now imagine this. You, you're, the, you're the donkey. And you're walking in Jerusalem. And you're saying, mm, they singing to me? Oh, wow, this is all right. They're putting down palm branches and coats for me? I've, I've been coming through Jerusalem for a long time, and I've never had this to happen. I've never had anybody to 
praise me like this. I've never had this kind of commotion by coming into a city before. But the people weren't even thinking about the donkeys. It was the one riding in on his back. So saints of God, when you go into places and doors begin to open for you, they ain't opening for you. They're opening for the one that's riding in on your back. You don't take no credit for that. And people say, ooh, ooh, man, some great things are happening. I say, yeah, he's riding. That's my ride or die right there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's my ride or die. Yeah, things are just happening. Ooh, God is just blessing you. Yep, he's riding. Hmm? He's riding, yeah, yeah. They don't even know what you're talking about, but it don't matter. Because I know what I'm talking about, right? Because I know who's riding in on my back. I know I'm blessed because of the one that's riding in on my back. See, I used to be vile, but I'm not vile anymore. I used to be crazy, but I'm not crazy anymore. Now I got Jesus riding in on my back. Because what that represented was the Gentile nation. And what Jesus wanted to do is to show the Jews that Jesus is going to bring in this new order riding the backs of Gentiles like us. Somebody say, he's riding me. Yeah, that's my ride or die. Right there, that's Jesus, amen? And so listen, listen, listen. Put Jesus on your back. Let him ride in on you. No matter where you are, the situation you're in, you got a court case. Bring him with you. Amen? You got favor on your life. This is the year of supernatural favor. I said, this is the year of supernatural favor. Amen? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.